What's up, my teachers? So I thought I would try something different. Um, I realize a lot of you know me personally, so you don't really need a face to a name. But for those of you that don't, this is what I look like. And I am not sponsored by Starbucks. I came in real early to work today and a bitch needed some coffee, okay? And I'm feeling a little bougie today, so here we are. And yes, it is pumpkin spice. I am that basic bitch. Anywho, first I want to start off by saying thank you so much for your support. I was not expecting the outpour of love and I guess there's no other word, um, support from when I decided to do this podcast. I decided to do this podcast because I realized that in providing space for other people and trying to be a critical listener, I was not reciprocating the amount of vulnerability so I do a lot of stuff for work I, I, sh I provide the space for our students for all of our female identifying students most of us are women of color I think all of us actually are women of color in that space and I co-facilitate it with a couple of my colleagues and it came up I think like last year a few months ago I don't even know at this point that the students didn't really know much about me and I knew a lot about them and I did that thinking that I was providing them the space because the space was created for them it wasn't created for me so in doing this for them my intentions were to provide a space for them and to just listen to them so that they could have a place to vent you know and ask for advice and stuff but I guess they were feeling like they didn't know much about me other than what they saw. So it got me to thinking like, how many other people also don't really know much about me? And then I got to thinking even more and I came to the agreement that it's because I guess I'm very reserved. This whole time I thought I was very outgoing and whatnot. So I think I'm like an intro extrovert, if that makes sense. <clears throat> so I made this podcast, I guess, more like a public diary kind of. Um, yeah, we're going to go with that. I, didn't, I really didn't think anyone was going to listen, to be honest. So thank you. Thank you for allowing me to take up space in your day, especially for those that don't know me i really appreciate that this word of this word of mouth marketing has definitely been the key so i've had a couple of my friends send me their reactions through snapchat some have sent me text messages that i haven't heard of from a while i've had a couple screenshots sent to me from friends family members so i really appreciate i genuinely appreciate how a lot of this stuff is resonating with y'all. 
And I realized that I never gave any background about the podcast. So just an FYI, when I decide to record, it's because something is telling me to record, I guess, if that makes sense. I'm not an avid journal person or someone that writes in a diary every day. And I think I talked a little bit about that when I did the episode about my grandfather. So I just kind of pop in here. I try to do it every week because, again, I'm super reflective. I'm always thinking. And I just share my thoughts and my experiences with y'all. So when I come on here, it's more so for me to share. And it's not so much me sharing, hoping that it resonates with people. Like, I don't sit down and build content keeping the listeners in mind because I feel like at that point it's not genuine so it just so happens that a lot of the shit that I talk about I guess is literally happening with y'all which is kind of fucked up but now you know you're not on your own anyway since we started on this topic of space for women and whatnot this one is for all of y'all all of y'all chicas out there so I've mentioned here and there that I am earning my doctorate at the place I work. Also, everything I talk about in here is all my opinion and it has nothing to do with this job. I had to do this qualitative class for this past term. Thank God it's over. I'm fucking done. Yesterday, I just chilled pretty much all day. I did laundry, put that shit away, literally watched Shit's Creek for like the 15th fucking time. That show's awesome. And I was just trying to catch up on rest, I guess you could say, even though I was doing laundry. But I, I like to clean sometimes because it makes me feel like I'm in control of things. So Sunday, I spent the whole day working on my final project. So for this qualitative class, it's all about stories and descriptions and how you can provide data through these things. I'm not going to get all nerdy with y'all, but the results that I found from this little study I did were like, damn, that shit's fucked up, but it resonated. So I figured I'd come and share this with y'all. So this is for all you ladies out there. Why are we such assholes to each other? I'm gonna just start off there. I interviewed four of four of the participants that I interviewed are currently in school. Either they're in their master's or they're earning their bachelor's degree. Two of them identify as Latina, the other two identify as black women. So the questions were, the way I, I created the questions, it was to gauge how they describe themselves, like how they they perceive themselves, and to figure out how they would describe womanhood and sisterhood. Part of this was more so for me to get more information for, for that group that I told y'all that I run. So two of them are in the group, the other two are not. And I was just trying to figure out, just like paint me a picture of what the fuck is going on. The shit that came out of these interviews was kind of sad. So one of the, the first things that resonated with me was one of the participants shared how her mom 
would tell her that women are snakes, that you can't trust them. And I was like, damn bro, that shit's fucked up. It reminded me of my mom. And I know my mom's probably listening to mom. I mean, it's facts. So my mom, when I was growing up, she would tell us, when I say us, I mean my sisters and I, that friends don't exist, that you can't trust them. And I think it came from this horrible experience she had growing up. So she shared with us that she had given one of her friends, I don't know how old she was. She had given one of her friends this little picture. So in my head, I'm envisioning the little pictures you get in elementary school that some of y'all parents probably bought. My, my parents, I think, bought like two years. They bought pictures and then didn't ever again. But they're these little like wallet sized pictures so my mom had given her friend this picture of her, of herself, kind of like a keepsake, I guess. And back then, so this was in Guatemala, back then, I guess in that town or whatever, it was safe enough where everyone just left their doors open. So my mom had walked in looking for her friend one day. And when she walks in, she sees her picture on a door with a fucking dart in in between the eyes. So my mom was like, what the fuck? Like that shit's fucked up. She took her picture and ran off. And I'm like, damn bro, like in my head, I'm thinking like, if I'm talking to her ex-friend, like, bitch, why would you do that, you know? So when the participant was sharing that with me and I'm analyzing this stuff, I'm like, damn, I wonder what the participant's mom went through for her to say that. Another big thing that came up was intimidation. So when I asked further questions about the intimidation part, a lot that came up was some of the participants felt like they weren't good enough to be sharing space with certain people. And it was mostly related to career and aesthetics, I guess is the best way to say it. So. One of the participants had said, oh, sometimes I, I ask myself, like, what if she doesn't find me attractive? Like, what if I'm not pretty enough to be her friend? Um, on the career and education stuff, it was more like, well, what if I come off too strong? What if I, I'm not smart enough to be her friend? So that got me thinking about I wonder if I'm unintentionally intimidating people. I've been told I'm intimidating and it's because of this RBF. Um, and this RBF is like, it works because I do do it so that people don't fuck with me. But at the same time, I want to be able to provide a welcoming vibe, I guess you could say, because me deciding to continue on with my education and having this mindset of being bold to break down these obstacles that my community has had to navigate. I'm doing this for all of us. Like I'm not doing this just for myself. I I want to say that I'm one that I don't just look out for me. I look out for all of us. So when I get an opportunity for something, if I don't have the bandwidth to do it, I 
in my mind, I start thinking like, okay, who can take on this, this opportunity since I can't? And I'll do a soft transfer and move it along. So I look out, I look out for people. But it got me thinking like, I'm walking around here in my own head. I'm, I'm thinking like, Flor, you went through all this shit to get these degrees. You're still going through shit, trying to get this last degree. You go through shit at work, constantly arguing with people, constantly being gaslit about oppression and why things are fucked up. But no one really knows what your experience has been unless you tell them. Because what my students are seeing, what my colleagues are seeing is a successful Latina with degrees. That's it. That can afford to go get Starbucks on a Tuesday morning. They don't see how I have to lean on my fiance financially and emotionally, obviously, but like the financial part is the part that fucks me up. They don't see that side. They don't see how when I was working at Columbia, I would be so embarrassed because there were days that I could not afford to get a fucking Subway sandwich that was like five bucks. There were days where he would send me money to get on the train to get to work because I was that broke. Or the fact that I don't pay the mortgage because I can't afford to go halves on that and the other expenses that we have. They don't see the floor that lost her hair. I had a little bald spot up here when I was getting my associates because I was going two, three days without sleep, running off of Red Bull and Monster, trying to study for these chemistry and, and biology classes. They don't see the floor that broke down on the soccer field during halftime because she got a phone call that her scholarship had been revoked because she was redshirted because she had gotten kicked out from NIU. They don't see all of these obstacles that I had to navigate. They don't see the emotional ties I have to all the work that I do. I am my worst critic, y'all. I'm constantly, like yesterday or Sunday when I submitted all my work, my paper was 18 pages and after the references and the appendixes, I guess, I don't fucking know the plural for that. It ended up being 105 pages. When I submitted that, I'm like, I'll be lucky if I pass this fucking class. And this shit happens every quarter. So they don't see, they don't see all of these, the way that I get into my own head about these things. They see this confident Latina successful, that's it. So when I get into the classroom, because I also teach, and I do share my experience about my academic dismissal, the reaction I get from the students, it reminds me that I, maybe I should share my story a little more because it's always like, you? And I'm like, bro, like I am not perfect up here. You know, like I still make mistakes, okay? So when I did the study and I heard about the intimidation and I heard about the 
ideas that we learn from our parents, the shit that we're passing on to our younger generations, I'm like, bro, I don't know if I want kids. That's besides the point. I started thinking about how we need to be a little more, more mindful of our behavior and the way that we carry ourselves around the world. And the whole picture that was painted for me on womanhood is that it's fucked up. It's fucked up. I haven't really got along with girls growing up, to be honest. The only time that I did it was through soccer. That was it. I was actually bullied by the vast majority were girls that bullied me in elementary school. And it was always because I had glasses. Like I was like little Harry Potter with my big ass glasses. And my mom fucked me up with this little haircut where I had this little these little bangs. I always had long hair and I never really fit in. And these little fast girls, you know, they were already trying to date. They were trying to kiss boys and all that shit. And I'm like, I just want to run around and, you know, crack jokes, read my Harry Potter books. I love to read. I've always loved to read. I didn't fit in because they were over here trying to be fast and I wasn't about that life. So those experiences kind of fucked me up growing up. And experiencing that in my own body along with experiencing depression part of it was because of the shit that I was hearing at school and then trying my hardest with school and my teachers always telling me that it wasn't enough on top of always getting in trouble at home contributed to my depression it was a lot of stuff going on. Like I, th I think now and my adult self is very sad reflecting on my younger self because I don't think any seventh, eighth grader should have to be dealing with all that. And on top of that, your body's fucking changing. All these hormones are going everywhere. And I'm like, it's a hot mess. Like, no, this is not, this is not cute. All that to say that hearing hearing all that shit going through all that shit and then my mom telling me that friends don't exist i believed her because i the world was showing me that that was true so when i went off to college and i was going through a depression i treated one of my closest friends horribly not horribly like like i was talking shit to her but this person was there for me literally washed my hair because i had broken my fucking hand story for another day and when my depression was at its lowest I was gonna say it's peak but that would be like an oxymoron when I was at my worst with my depression this girl she was my roommate we would sleep on the same bed because I needed I needed someone physically with me like I needed that physical touch for me to feel like I wasn't alone and I remember we would walk around around campus sometimes I would go to parties with them because she was scared of leaving me by myself and she would tell everyone like oh this is my best friend this is my best friend to the point that her best friends from home were getting jealous and I felt bad because when I would introduce her I would say like oh this is squeak or yeah, this is my friend Gladys or my roommate. Like I never would say like, this is my best friend 
because in my head best friends don't exist they don't exist so there was one time that after it had been a few months already we were at a party and then she started crying and i'm like bro what the fuck is going on and i'm like why are you crying and she was like because you know i always say tell everyone that you're my best friend and she was basically sharing how we had been through a lot we did like we went through a breakup at the same time we were literally still virgins at the same time which was apparently a complete shock to everyone around us because everybody had been fucking so whatever but we had a lot in common both latinas first generation going through a breakup making new friends on campus and then she had been so helpful emotionally and literally physically because again i needed somebody to wash my hair my cast couldn't get wet and she was doing all the right things without any training as far as you know the depression stuff goes and i did write a blog about it i think like a year or two ago so if y'all want to check it out you can she would tell me when she was going to go take a shower because the the way that the dorms were set up you didn't have a shower in your room hello we had a community shower so there were little stalls where you could go take a shower so she would say hey i'm gonna go take a shower do you want to go take a shower too so that i wouldn't shower by myself which was fucking smart because like what if i was dealing with suicide ideation hello you don't let people go to the shower by themselves so we would it was a running joke we would say we're taking a shower together but not together and we were at that party and I asked her why she was crying and she said, because you you never tell people that I am your best friend. Like, what else do I have to do to prove to you that I am your best friend? And that shit broke my heart. It broke my heart because right away, the first thing that came to mind was my mom saying, best friends don't exist. But because I was navigating my depression and I think I was at a point where I was considering separating myself from how my parents had raised me. I was like, dude, you're right. Like, what else? What else can you possibly fucking do, you know? She was my lifeline. Like, she was literally my lifeline. Her and these other two girls that lived on her floor, they were my lifeline. The fact that they would go and pick out my clothes, create outfits, sit there while I got dressed, would do my hair and makeup, play music, and try to crack jokes and stuff so that I could feel better, and they would drag me to these parties and always be around me. Like, I don't know who else would do that. So, yeah, womanhood. We need to do better, y'all. I'm not gonna lie. When I walk into a room, I feel more comfortable around men than I do with women. It's always this thing of kind of intimidation. Not for me, people don't really intimidate me. I'll tell you like who I guess could intimidate me. I get intimidated by people that I respect. Which counts kind of sounds stupid, but it's because I'm in the presence of someone that I aspire to be like. So I get a little intimidated because it might seem too far of a reach for me. But I do get uncomfortable around 
women that I don't know. Because part of it is what if they're gonna try to start something? I I mean, I am very aggressive when it comes to my goals and like I said, breaking down barriers. I used to be very aggressive on the field, you know, and I experienced way too many fights. So I'm not trying to do all that anymore. Like I'm, I'm over that. I'm not trying to do all that. And there's just certain conversations that I don't enjoy having. So when it comes to women, and I'm not very materialistic either, y'all. I really am not. So when I see girls with like all name brand shit and I'm like, bro, like I can't, I, I don't know. I just get uncomfortable when there's too many women because I don't know. I feel like my anxiety gets triggered a little bit because I don't know how they're going to behave. And I don't know if they're like just going to cause drama. Like I'm over the fucking drama. I am a curator of peace. Like I just want to live a peaceful ass life. I want to laugh. I want to dance, have a couple drinks, you know, call it a day. So I get nervous. I get nervous because I don't want to hear about people's problems unless I know offhand that that's what the fuck I'm showing up for. And the only time I do feel comfortable is when I walk in and people are already laughing, cracking jokes, maybe dancing, listening to music, having a good time because then I know, okay, like the vibes feel right. But I have shared a lot of spaces also as a professional where women feel entitled to treat other women a certain way because of their accolades because of their degrees like they're i've been patronized before i've been dismissed i've been minimized because i didn't have this high-ass degree or publicated shit before like these other people it's i've been disrespected I've been disrespected by professionals and it's kind of fucked up, but a lot of them have been women of color. So we need to do better y'all. As women, we go through a lot of shit with our bodies, having to pay extra taxes for fucking tampons and with the aesthetics like getting your eyebrows done your nails like we we attribute a lot of our worth to our appearance and that causes a lot of other shit like body dysmorphia for for those of us that go to the gym i don't go to the gym so much to lose weight it's more for me to de-stress but for those that do go to the gym to try to lose weight that is just a whole nother thing like you end up being stressed if the fucking weight doesn't drop if the scale ain't showing you the results going to the store to buy clothes oh my god i fucking hate shopping but even going to the store to buy workout clothes causes so much anxiety and stress if you're trying to go to the gym for that shit and even going to the gym, I go, I do my little bike, I might lift or whatever, but I, I catch people staring at me all the time. And I'm just like, dude, if you have a question, just fucking ask. Like, I will tell you all these things. Like, I will send you the 30-day trial for Peloton because it is fucking awesome. 
And actually, I'm waiting for my friend to finally publish her fucking episode, her first episode for her podcast that she's doing about fitness because she's she's got a lot of good nuggets. We just need to be there for each other more, y'all. We need to rewrite our narratives and make the shit work for us. We need to be more supportive of each other. I'm going to try my best. I'm, I'm always focusing on betterment. So I'm going to try my best to check myself if I'm being a little bitch. Especially if it's unwarranted, you know? Some people deserve to be put in their place, but it's more of like a reactionary thing, right? I feel like me sometimes if i'm walking in knowing i'm gonna be uncomfortable i might say certain things to intimidate people i ain't even gonna lie i if i'm already coming in knowing i'm going to be uncomfortable i do do things to be intimidating so that people know not to come for me but now that i think about it what if i'm doing that and no one was trying to come for me what if it was just my anxiety or what if that's keeping me from building rich fruitful relationships with other people i don't know but i'm gonna try it i'm gonna get out of my comfort zone i'm gonna try to be a little more welcoming because at the end of the day if somebody does come for me i got y'all i'm just kidding (laughs) no but for real and I'm going to try to think about these things a little further and see how I can be more welcoming because a leader isn't a leader if you have no one following you. Like, what the fuck are you leading if there's no one behind you? And no one's going to want to follow you or ask you questions if you're not welcoming, if you're intimidating, if if you don't make yourself accessible. And for me, part of the reason why I keep going through education and I do these things and I work in the places that I work is because I want to represent a possibility so yeah gotta think about that a little further but thank you for listening I hope this little video thing works out because this was a lot of fun and Send me some comments, y'all. Like, what the fuck do y'all think about this? What have been your experiences in trying to develop relationships with other women? Lucky for me, I'm still friends with Gladys. I'm still friends with Liz, who also went to NIU. I've made a, a few friendships with other women as I've navigated through life. I don't have a lot, but the few that I do have... We don't talk every day, but when we do randomly meet up, it's like we have been talking every day. We have so much to share and I'm always happy for all of them. I'm still friends with with Sam who ended up coming in closer to when I was about to graduate. And I'm proud of all of them. They're doing great things out there. Homeowners, building families. They all seem very happy, so. We got to do better, y'all. We got to do better. Send me your comments. What do you think? What have been your experiences? What are your hesitations with creating relationships with other women? I want to hear. I want to know. I want to know.
All right, my teachers. Hope you have a good week.